Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 335 and it is Wednesday, August 30th, 2023. I am your host, Victor Amoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Byrne. What's happening, everybody? That's right. We're back uh, once again. Uh, we are live in the uh, Zoom studios uh, this week. We do have a special guest that will be joining us uh, later on in this episode, uh, Patrick Hickey. Patrick Hickey Jr. Yes. All right. And he's going to be talking about his um, uh, uh, brand, brand, new, new. brand new video game uh, that he was involved in, WrestleQuest. Yes. Yeah, among other things. So A wrestling RPG. Yeah. Yeah, we don't get too many of those. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that uh, later on in, in this episode. Um, while Carl is in the episode, uh, once again, I just want to give a quick shout out to all of our all of our uh, uh, fans, our, our listeners, uh, our audience. Uh, thank you for watching our episodes on, on Facebook Live or just catching us on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, or whatever favorite podcasting platform you have. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us, watch us, and you know nerd out every every week. You know doing what we do, and uh, we also want to give a shout out to the Midnight Basketball League. Yes, tomorrow yeah. is the finals. Ooh, the finals. Okay. And you get us back on Tuesdays. <laughs> All right. Yep. And then we'll be back Tuesdays uh, next week, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, next week uh, we'll be back to our regular Tuesday night slot. So that way we can uh, free up AEW Dynamite, uh, uh, you, know, you know, catch up on that whenever we can. Um, speaking of uh, wrestling, however, we do have to begin this episode with some very sad news. Mm. Um, they say that uh, death comes in threes, and uh, as of last week, we lost three legends, or perhaps two legends, and then one legend in the, in the making, rather. Uh, we lost uh, the, the wrestling world, uh, saw two major losses last week. First, the hardcore legend Terry Funk at the age of 79, and a premature loss, very devastating, Bray Wyatt. I'm still recovering from that. Yeah, uh, Bray Wyatt uh, passing away uh, due to a COVID-induced uh, heart attack um, at the all-too-young age of 36 years old. This man was three years younger than I, I am. My sister's age. Yeah, uh, Bray Wyatt. Uh, uh, he's uh, he was on he was on the last he was on TV earlier this year. I think his last major match was the Royal Rumble. The Lights Out match. Lights yeah, Out match. Yep, against LA Knight, and then he. Shortly after that, he had disappeared from WWE TV. Um, it was said that it was reports that he was experiencing health problems, but he was uh, perhaps recovering on the mend. But unfortunately, he uh, suffered a heart attack that yeah. uh, took claimed his life. Uh, Bray Wyatt is survived by his uh, fiance uh, JoJo Offerman, former WWE ring announcer. They have two children together, uh, as well as uh, two children from Bray Wyatt's previous marriage. So unfortunately, we do have four children who will grow up without a father. Um, which is which is very tragic. Um, Bray Wyatt's also survived by his uh, father, WWE Hall of Famer Mike Rotunda, as well as his brother Bo Dallas. So, and Uncle Barry Windham. And Uncle Barry Windham. So yeah, yeah, major major loss in in the world of wrestling. Um, you know, I gotta say, man, like you know, Bray Wyatt definitely whether whether you were a huge fan of his or or not, you gotta say that he was truly one of the one of the most unique and, and best creative minds that we've seen in professional wrestling in the last decade. Um, you know, 
from from the Firefly Funhouse to the Fiend character to the cult leader uh, that we that 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 brought him fame. You know, even even to his pre pre Wyatt days as Husky Harris. You know, you, you always saw potential uh, in him, and he definitely shined. He accomplished more in his all too short career than most wrestlers do. Yeah, yeah, former WWE champion, uh, Universal champion. Um, you know, had one of the one of the best stables in the Wyatt family. Um, speaking of which, you know, my heart goes out to Eric Redbeard. Ah. To to see that to see two of his and colleagues Strowman. and Strowman, yeah, to see two of their colleagues just gone in the in the last four two three two three, two, three yeah, two, about three, three years, years, yeah, yeah, that's 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 just a huge punch in the guts for sure. Yeah. So so yeah, rest in peace to Bray. Also, rest in peace to Terry Funk. Five decades in the business, led a full life, full career. Started in 1965. Yeah, 65. I'm and listening to Bruce Pritchard right now about, like, he's, they're doing a remembering Terry Funk. Because, hmm. um, you know, they stay away from current stuff, but they did, he did mention, from so far, he did mention, he's like, yo, we lost two of our uh, warriors this week, and stuff. so, yeah. like, he, they did acknowledge, he did acknowledge it, but hmm. I guess the more focus is on uh, Terry Funk. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I know that with uh, Terry Funk, like he inspired and a lot of wrestlers from mm-hmm. across generations. Uh, most notably, Mick Foley. Oh um, yeah. I, I remember. I remember reading a, a story. I think. I think it was from Mick from Mick Foley's first book, where where Mick Foley was so impressed how, by the way Terry Funk threw punches at his opponents, mm-hmm. and so Mick just basically asked him, "Hey, what's your secret?" And so Terry Funk just reached back and then hit Mick Foley square in the forehead as hard as he could. And McFoley was like, what, what, damn, damn, Terry, what'd you do that for? And Terry's response was, wow, Mick, you actually thought it was that good? <laughs> wow, so, Mick, you actually thought it was that good. That was a, that's a good impression. Oh, you got it. Yeah, you always got it. Yeah. yeah. Bruce Pritchard, like, I, he nails these impressions. So he was like, he was uh, telling us, uh, Mick was telling the story on Busted Open, where he's like, Terry was like, somebody tried to stab me. He's like, oh my God, did you catch this guy? Did you? Is he reported to the police? Is he okay? Yeah, but he gave me the best compliment of all. He hated me so much that he wanted to kill me. <laughs> like, that's just, that was Terry. That was Terry Funk. Like, that's just how he was. He just always, he, he was just, he was an old timer that was just about, like, the bit, he was just a, he was about that business, you know. Yeah. You know, from the famous Funk family. Yeah, yeah, with his brother Dory Funk Jr. His father Dory Funk Sr. Yeah, and then Terry Funk's career, former NWA cha- heavyweight champion. Dude, he was like in his forties doing FMW. Yeah, and then he started doing moonsaults in his fifties. Yeah. And and I will say Terry Funk probably has the record for the most retirement matches. I will say that too. Uh, but uh, but yeah, um, I remember watching the first time I knew who Terry Funk was. I it was when he was Chainsaw, Chainsaw Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> yeah, back for, in, the, in the build up to WrestleMania 14 and 98. Yeah. Another thing that Bruce would always say is like, I can't come in today. My horse is sick. <laughs> and then Bruce goes. Usually when he says his horse is sick, I mean, Terry's, like, quitting. Mm. Oh, yeah. 
and it is also his famous, Your mother's a whore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, rest in peace to the man, Terry Funk. And also, uh, as we have, as we invite Patrick Hickey Jr. into the room, uh, we, I did mention that we had three deaths last week. Uh, rest in peace to one of, tel- one of the biggest uh, television institutions in history, Mr. Bob Barker. Yeah. Yeah, of The Price is Right. You know, uh, The Price is Right. Uh, Mr. Barker passed away at the, at the age of 99 years old. Uh, lived a full life. And I saw, yeah, first of all, the internet has no chill. Okay, and I'm going to tell you why. Why is that? One meme just said, in honor of Bob Barker, uh-huh. he had, they laid out crackers, mm-hmm. oh, soup, yeah. Yep. And ginger ale. Oh, yeah. They just used the wrong one. You got to use Canada Dry, not That's Schweppes. Right. That's right, yeah. And you got to go lay down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then another one just said, yo, Bob Barker's a G. Mm-hmm. He didn't go over a dollar. Uh, I see what they mean. Yeah, doing. I had to think yeah. about it. I was like, what does he mean? But then I was like. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, rest in peace to the legend Bob Barker. Um, you know. What is up, guys? Hey. Hey, uh, how's it going, Patrick? What's going on? We already recording, so. Uh, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, you know, yeah. Right now, we're just uh, just paying our respects to uh, the the late great Bray Wyatt, uh, Terry Funk, and Bob Barker. You know. Ah, uh, what a week. Yeah. Tell them about it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right. All three. Man. Holy crap, that's nuts. I mean, Terry Funk is one of those guys that's just, like, forever, you know? And so is Bob Barker. Like, forever. He has been, like, in your life forever. Mm-hmm. Remember staying home from junior high school? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With, and you're like, yeah, with, no one's home. Price is with, right. Yeah. With soup. Love connection. Yeah. Soup. Yep. Soup, mm-hmm. crackers, and Canada Dry ginger ale. You can't do Schweppes. Schweppes don't do <laughs> yep. the trick. <laughs> yeah, you don't do shrubs. I agree. I agree. I was a Canada dry guy too. Yeah. Oh man, crazy. Oh. Yeah. And then Bray Wyatt. I mean, no. what can you say? Yeah. To me, he's like this generation's like Bruiser Brody, like just somebody that just like chock loaded with potential that like we saw glimpses of what they could do, mm-hmm. but not everything. Because yeah. I mean, like Bruiser Brody. Oh my God. Another, like, five, ten years of, like, those hardcore matches like that. Like, he probably would have been in ECW. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. You would have made ECW what it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, And then, like, Bray. 36. In wrestling, that's a baby. Yeah. That's, like, 25 in, like, the MLB. You know? Like... Yeah. Brock is like fifty, is like fifty-two or whatever. Jericho is a million. I mean, <laughs> these guys are still like contributing, you know. So just like Bray could have been like one of those people, he could have contributed. He would have been the Undertaker. Yeah. He yep. would have been like this generation's Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, so sad. Oh, and then you got CM Punk picking fights with everybody this weekend. What? I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah. Um. Oh. Well, he didn't pick the fight. What I'm hearing, and we can compare what we read throughout the dirt sheets and stuff. What I'm hearing is Jack Perry said the line. So you didn't watch All Out, did you? All In? 
no, I didn't have a chance. So, um, first of all, big shout out to my man Gavin Knox. Like, he was there. So he put up his uh, podcast about his experience uh, on our, the link is on our page. But um, so apparently weeks ago, Jack Perry wanted to use real glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard this. Yep. CM Punk was like, nah, we're not having it because CM Punk r- runs Collision, apparently. Yeah, man. And he lived through the whole Goldberg thing, too. Like he was in the Indies when like. Goldberg punched through a freaking window. It was never the same ever again. That, like, played a huge part in killing WCW. Goldberg freaking breaks his hand, like, cuts the cartilage in his hand and stuff like that. Like, two weeks before that, he kicked Bret Hart in the head, concussed him, ruined the, the new version of the NWO. Just, like, so many stupid mistakes that could have been, you know? So it's just like, CM Punk's not stupid. He's like, why well, we got to use real glass for it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, these guys are young. They want to get the, you know, they want to get all this oh, shit. Oh, yeah. So, he uh, Jack Perry comes out in a limo. First of all, yeah, Jack Perry is already pissed off about it. And Hook suplexes him onto the windshield. Mm-hmm. Real glass. So, after, you know, he sells that for a little bit, he goes to the camera and goes, real glass, cry me a river. Oh. So, when they go back, mind you, this is all in the beginning of the show. That match was in the pre-show. And he's like, apparently, allegedly, CM Punk goes, if you have something to say, say it to my face. Mm-hmm. They get into it physically, and Jack Perry got choked out. Okay. I believe it. It's yeah. a 40-year-old man versus, like, a 25-year-old guy. Like, uh, I don't know, CM Punk's a little bit bigger than him. A little bit uh, trained in MMA. We won't get into his MMA career. Thank you. you know, but Thank you. I'm like, but y'all I mean, be picking these fights with him. I'm like, he just because he lost his two matches doesn't mean like he didn't train. Absolutely. I, I tell my nephew is 20, and I tell him all the time, I'm like, bro, I'm 40. When I'm 60 and you're 40, I'll still be able to kick your ass. Like when I die, when I'm 80 and you're 60, I'll still kick your ass. So it's just like a lot of like 20, 25 year olds. They walk around, you know, 40 year old men. They be holding in that 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 brolic strength all day. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. We stress to choke somebody out. We stress. Yep, we stressed. drink. We bottle all that in. And he don't drink. He don't drink. He don't smoke. He's pissed. Oh yeah. He, 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 yo. He's just pissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And bitter. But <clears throat> anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll never. I'd be bitter too. But whatever. It's all good. I am so happy to be here, guys. Man, like, thank you for coming. I, I missed you guys. Yo, it's been a minute. I mean, we talk all the time. So, yeah, like... Yeah. Victor hates me, but I'm okay with that. So yeah, I hate you. Right. Why, why would I hate you? Victor doesn't seem very, like, interested when I speak. The last podcast, he walked out for, like, five minutes. Uh, oh, no. Like, I, it's I, okay. I, I've dealt with it. It's okay. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Partner <laughs> this time, you know, so I brought Lochador with me. And uh, I'm going to this spot. It's all right. It's all right. If I have to go to the bathroom... For like five minutes, I'm gonna I'm gonna tag in Lochador, and then he's gonna do the I'm a picture of busting his shot. No real glass, no real glass. Yeah, that was... <laughs> no, it's it's all good. Like at the time, like I had I had a whole bunch of stuff going on, so I had to. It's okay. I'm to... married. I married an Italian woman. I get yeah. it. <laughs> Ew, I'm in there with an Italian woman. Got a baby with one. So. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's all good. Yeah, man. But how you guys doing? Doing all right. I, I ready. I'm excited to talk some WrestleQuest. Yeah, 
Yeah, let's do it. It's let's it's here. It. it is finally here. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. After what? How long in the well, making? Almost three years. Three uh, years. Well, in the making. I was on the team for three years. Uh, the game was in development for about four and a half. Mm. So, um, yeah, um, I would say when the game first started, its development cycle, I was doing stuff on the Padre, Padre One Shell Straight to Hell. Um, I was doing stuff voiceover for Retro Ninja. I was doing trailers for a lot of indie companies, and then like the first, I want to say, three minds behind the games books came out, and I knew the Mega Cat guys, you right. know, because I've been a journalist for so long, and I feature them in two of my books, and I love them. Like I remember I was working at NBC, and I got a press release, and it was just like Pittsburgh-based uh, software company starts making their own like new NES and Sega Genesis games. So I'm just like, yo, we need to talk. Right. So. We just stayed in contact, and then um, when the book started coming out, I included them because, I mean, they're a great indie developer that I felt like needed some love, and then they're like, um, you do voiceover? I'm like, yeah, and um, they gave me some VO to do, and then um, what happened was um, I was writing a play, and we had a producer, and we had everything all set up, and it, it was about... I don't know. Maybe you might you might remember this, or you might know what I'm talking about. It's about a wrestler that robs banks with his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and what happened was the the production all came to a halt because of COVID. So what I did was in like the matter of in a matter of like three days, I turned this play into like a fully realized like level design for a video game. So it's like kind of like half Miami Hotline half pro wrestling on NES. So, like, you rob banks, and then based on how well you rob the bank, that, that controls, like, how much energy and power you have for your wrestling match after. So it's, like, very, like, pixel art-based and stuff. And I pitched it to them, and they were like, this sounds really cool, but, like, uh, let's work together a little bit more, you know? So um, I started doing some other stuff for them that I can't really talk about. But, like, great stuff. Um, really developed, like, a good rapport with them. And then they were like... So we got this RPG that um, takes place in this fictionalized toy box that's like old 80s and 90s toys, action figures, and pro wrestlers. And I'm like, what? That's majority of your personality. Like everything. <laughs> you know? And then the thing is, uh, one of the writers that I had been working with um, at uh, Megacat, Zach Manko, um, he was the lead writer. And um, I love him. I think he's great. So I was just like, yes. So it started off with me doing just the voice of Muchacho Man, who is the main character, and he's like the protege of the Macho Man Randy Savage. He loves Macho Man Randy Savage. He bases like all of his, his whole gimmick is like off of like, he, he's like Ric Flair to like Buddy Rogers, you know, right. like the same you know, kind of thing. And then it was just like, oh, you want to do some of the NPCs? And then it turned into, like, pretty much, like, all of the NPCs. And then it was like, um, you want to do some of the licensed guys that can't, like, do their lines or, like, the ones that aren't here anymore, like Hawk and Animal and this and that. And I'm like, sure. So by the time it was finished, I did, like, anywhere from, like, 75 to 90 voices. Obviously, like, in post, like, you know, people are going to, like, you're going to swap out some voices and stuff, because obviously I'm just one person, so some of the voices are going to sound similar and stuff, but, like, mm -hmm. I did a ton of voiceover. Like, so, like, I've played through the game, like, two or three times, and, like, Brink Logan, 
Um, and Muchacho Man are like the two main characters, and I voice both of those characters. You know, so and there's so many NPCs that like they'll get hit, and you hear the grunt, and I'm like, yeah, that's me. So it's just like, like it's so. I had so much fun working with these guys over the last three years. Like they took me to Ric Flair's last match. I did two panels at PAX East with them, a panel at PAX West. Like we went to Magfest in DC. Like we have literally traveled the United States. They they have traveled the globe. I have traveled the United States with them over the past three years trying to promote this game. And um, now that it's out, um, it's like a relief. Um, because it's like I remember when the game got delayed originally from May to August, it, it wasn't because like the game was inferior or anything. It's just because that's like you know that's the way the industry works. Like all your ducks have to be lined up and stuff like that. And um, oh, I kind of wanted the game to come out really bad before my 40th birthday in July, and it didn't. But it came out you know like yeah. two weeks ago, and I'm super proud of it. Like I said, but um, it's so different because I've done lead voiceover on a bunch of other indie games. So it's like it's cool that like I have other games like if you go on the Nintendo eShop, if you go on the Atari VCS shop, you can buy games that I've done lead voiceover on. But this, this is like one of those games where like you don't have to scroll down to like the tenth page on the Nintendo eShop or the PlayStation shop, like or Steam. It's like right there. Yeah, it's yeah. been right there since it came out. So my inbox has been like people hitting me up, like people that I've never met, and like it's been it's been insane the past like ten days. But it's been super fun. Dude, I play the game. I've unfortunately I've only played an hour of it because I'm DJing all over the place. Yeah, man. And I'm freaking laughing hysterically every time I hear Muchacho Man's voice. Cause I know it's you. <laughs> like the second I hear it, who's you? I'm like, fucking Patrick. <laughs> it's, just... it's so funny. But it's like it's like other things, like um when you're in the training school in the beginning yeah. with Johnny Stretch and you watch the videos. Like, the promo videos, like, Dash Talent, that's my voice, too. And, like, um, Johnny, like, the trainer, um, I'm I, that's my voice, too. So it's just, like, for me, hearing myself talk to myself in the game, hearing, like, four or five voices, like, in the span of, like, 45 seconds and stuff, it's just, like, Dude, that's so a dream crazy. Come, that is a dream come true. Even, like, like just oh be my part God. of it. The opening scene, when the game first starts. Yeah. Like, both of those voices, the Mega Cat part and then the Skybound, it's it's Muchacho Man elbow dropping the Mega Cat uh, thing, and then Brink Logan shooting like the Skybound thing. Both of those are my voices. I'm like, we grew up with the EA Sports. It's in the game. Yeah. Sega. And I kind of did that. Like I've done that now because it's like as soon as you fire up that game, the first thing you hear is my voice, and I'm just like, God damn, yeah. Like you just sit. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like. How many people, in, you think about it, say, how many people in the world have done that? I'm one of those people. It's crazy. It's crazy. But you know you know what it is, too? It's just like, uh, I feel like, because somebody the other day was like, this, this is like the greatest accomplishment of your life. And I'm just like, well, I, you know, I have written seven books on video game history that are in like 2,000 libraries worldwide. You know, like, I've done other... I've done other stuff, you know, but um, it's just like, I feel like if I don't ever do any voice acting ever again, which isn't going to happen because I'm already working on like three or four other games right now. Like, that's like, that's like kind of like the way that I would want to go out. Like, I would want to go out like, like that. I wouldn't want to like limp out, you know, and yeah. then um, at the same time, 
this has been so much fun, and it's like it's like the opposite of the type of voice acting that I prefer to do. Like I prefer very much to um, read lines. You know, like I like I like to read long, like you know, stuff like an actor, and this was very much like the way that they were working was here's a character. Imagine the voice for him, and I would just like be staring at the screen, like. So like, if you've played the game for a little while, you've gotten to like Boxwood, and you've met like Toy Box Jimmy, and Toy Box Jimmy over here talks like this. Haven't got there yet. Uh, okay. I did get to, um, I had to break the first table. Okay. So to... right after that little scene, like that, um, what's it called? That, that side quest. Yeah. Then you have to go to, you have to go like to another promotion and you go to like the first other town and you meet like your first guy that like joins your party and his name's Toy Box Jimmy. And he just, he's like this little like badass that like steals everything off of like the, off of your enemies. He reminds me very much of uh, Yuffie from, uh, or Yuffie, Yuffie, Yuffie from Final Fantasy VII. Oh, like, okay. Pa- powerful, strong, but like, best thing about them is that they can steal items off of other people, you know? Um, but they were like, Mega Cat was so cool because like they would send me like a list of like 25 characters and be like, go ahead. Well, like this guy right here, like Lochador, they were like, give him a voice. And I was just like, all right, well, can you give me some background? And they're like, well, he's a Mexican Lochador, and he loves his family, and everything he does is like to support his family. And he's getting older in years, but he knows like this is the best way that he can support his family. He does everything for his niños. So I'm like, it just reminded me of like something when they said he does everything for his niños. It just reminded me of something like Puss in Boots would say, or Antonio <laughs> Banderas, you know? Yeah. I do everything for my, for my niños, you know? And that's, <laughs> that's the voice that ended up getting in. So it was like, it was the opposite of the type of voiceover that I usually enjoy doing, but it was so much fun and so challenging because it's like listening to these characters like come alive was just super, super cool. Yeah, it seems like they gave you a lot of creative freedom when it comes to that. <laughs> a ton. They trusted me. Oh, my God. These guys, like, trusted me. And it's just like, um, it's like even now, like, uh, this past week, I've streamed three times on their Twitch. And, mm-hmm. like, yo, you're giving me the keys to your Twitch and telling me to stream. Like, I respect that. Like, that's, like, you know, it's a lot of responsibility. It's like, you know, we had we had a nice amount of people on the stream last night and then the thing is like they sent me this really great computer and um a rig an animation rig so it's like when i move around it's muchacho man and when i talk it's like the entire stream brother i'm talking like this and you can't see me you see muchacho man in the corner holding the control like it's oh my god like these guys went they they worked really hard on this and they trust me so much like i these guys i have a ton of love and respect for everything that they do yeah, you even had to, you even you even had you even did that when you interview with Chris Van Fleet, who's somebody who I would love to talk to. Well, that was the thing too. They were like, "Yo, listen, we're gonna get you interviewed with Chris Van Fleet," and uh, I was like, "Yo," and they're like, "You gotta do it in character." I'm like, "Okay, that's fine," you know. So it's like you know that it was me. Yeah, but nobody my else. Does. Facebook. My my Facebook followers know that it was me. My Instagram followers know that it was me. And you know what? That's okay. I'm cool with that, you know, because it's like, if anyone ever asks me, was I interviewed by Chris Van Fleet? Yes, I was. I spoke to him before the interview. I spoke to him after. He's awesome. He's a super nice guy. But it's just like, that's the thing. So it's just like, um, everyone at the Mega Cat team, like, man, like, I cosplayed as Macho Man at PAX West. Like, 
the entire time. Like, I have seven books in Harvard's library. I'm a college professor. And I was just like, if this is what you need me to do, I'm going to do it. And then, like, the dev team yeah. uh, at, at PAX East this year, they wrestled the match. <laughs> like, they wrestled. They trained to wrestle. You know, like, these guys went to, oh, man. I remember, because um, I did voiceover for World Championship Boxing Manager 2, um, which came out, like, a couple of months ago, too. That's another Mega Cat game. And that's a sequel to, like, this amazing, like, boxing sim that only came out on DOS in the 80s or, like, early 90s that everyone loves and stuff. I did, like, 35 voices in that game. But, like, PAX East two years ago, it was brick in there. It was cold. And uh, the lead animator on that game wore boxing shorts and no shirt and put makeup all over his face to look like he got in a boxing match, like he got beat up. Yeah. And he dressed like that all four days of PAX. And I'm like, yo, man, your nipples could probably, like, cut glass right now. Like, you're not freezing? And he's like, I'm freezing. But, like, that's what he did for the team. Like, these guys, they just bring something out of you, you know? Like, these guys work so freaking hard at what they do. Like, James, Nick, Andy, like, the whole team. And then, like, I remember, man, like, if you've seen the, the promo, Jeff Jarrett is breaking guitars over podcasters heads i did like, see right? I, I did see yeah i did see i that. love yes. it like uh the dedication the dedication i, I just want to say that greggy deserved that um <laughs> because if you're in a room with jeff jarrett and you don't expect to get hit with a guitar did you get hit did you get hit with a guitar no thankfully not um <laughs> luckily i've had nothing but amazing interactions with jeff jarrett we he um the first PAX East that we spent together, he was putting me over with, um, with like the fans. He's like, "Oh, this guy does all the voices, blah blah blah." blah. But oh, I'll tell you guys a funny Jeff Jarrett story. Oh my god, Jeff Jarrett could sell a lady in a white dress a ketchup popsicle. This guy, he goes. This guy walks over and he's like enamored. He sees Jeff Jarrett. He's like, "Oh my god, it's Jeff Jarrett! Oh my god!" And Jeff Jarrett's like, "You know, you think I'm cool? This guy right here, he does all the voices in." WrestleQuest, and he's Macho Man's son. <laughs> and and the guy just, oh my god, you're, you're Macho Man's son? And I'm like, yeah, 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 you know, whatever, no big deal. And he leaves, and I'm just like, man, you're terrible. You're terrible. The next day, Jeff leaves, so Jeff's not there. Yeah. Three people come over to me. And this is the thing. Like, at PAX East, a bunch of people came over to me with, like, copies of the Minds Behind the Games. Um, a couple of people came over to me with copies of the job. Like, I was shocked, you know? And they're like, oh, can you sign it really quick? I'm like, sure, no problem. Those people you kind of know, like, the way they look at you, you know? Or they have the thing. Yeah. So, this guy, so, just, yeah, they this guy just comes over to me, and he's like, can I have your autograph? And I'm just like, sure. And he didn't, like, have anything. So, I'm like, Sure. So then he gives me, like, a piece of paper, I'm going to sign it, and I'm like, can I ask why? Like, you want my autograph? And he's just like, you're Macho Man's son. Was <laughs> <laughs> like, it the like, same guy? I... No, another guy. Oh. Yeah, so now I'm oh. texting Jeff Jarrett, and I'm just like, oh my god, what did you do? You know? And this was before, you know, Lanny Poffo passed away, and he was just like, oh, he's like, he's, he's like you gotta tell... I'm going to tell Lanny now, like, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, I can't. That I is so, freaking Jeff Jarrett hysterical. was so cool. So much fun to hang out with. Like, mm. oh, 
great. Like, oh my god. So yeah. they say don't meet like people that you grew up watching or your heroes and stuff. Jeff is like amazing, amazing, and he's like he loves. He really loves and respects like what goes on in the video game industry. So. You know, I have a lot of love for people like that. And he's super well read. He loves to read, so I'm just like, yeah, this is my kinda this is my kinda dude. Nice. And you know, speaking of Jeff Jarrett, we do have a comment uh, in our Facebook feed by Mark Lundbeck, uh, who says, uh, if I ever got the chance to get into a room with Double J, I would ensure I brought a guitar so he could break it on me. <laughs> I would get snapped in half and probably die, but you're damn straight I die happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true crazy oh man i mean it's been a crazy it's been a crazy three years man between like my son is three like this game the legacy stuff on top of it i've got a whole bunch of games i'm working on there's a whole bunch of other stuff that i can't like announce yet but it's just like man so it's just like this game coming out has been like a relief but then at the same time too and this is the thing by the time this is all over i i i will probably have spent more time on podcasts and more time streaming than I actually voiced in the game. Really? If that's not a, if that's, yeah, if that's not a lesson to like anybody about like what it takes to do a job efficiently, because it's like, there's so many people and especially like being in the publishing industry, I'll tell you, there's so many people, they release something and they're like, Oh, it's done. My job is done. And it's like, nah, bro. Now you got to sell it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you got to go out and promo and, and sell it and go on podcasts and do this. And so many people don't want to do it. I saw a meme today and it was just like, you know, people that are people that work hard. And it's like this whole line of people. And then it's just like people willing to work harder than they ever had to before to accomplish their dreams. And the line is significantly smaller, you know, and uh, it feels great to be on a team like the Mega Cat guys are nonstop. Like they are promoting the hell out of this game. The people at Skybound doing a great job promoting the game, people at Mega Cat, and it's just like, the game's been out for two weeks, and it's just non-stop, you know, so and when the bar is set that high, it's like, I mean, I mean, come on, at the end of the day, the totem pole, I'm pretty low on the totem pole, you know, like, I'm just a VO, but it's like, I've been on easily like a dozen podcasts. I've done, I'm, by the time this is over, I'm probably gonna do, like, a nice, anywhere from, like, 12 to 15 hours of streaming of this game, you know, so it's just like, uh, that's t- that's the type of team that 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 put this game together is you know. You don't sleep at all. I wish. I mean, I had <laughs> I had work today. I had my full time my full time job today. Then I came home. I took my daughter to dance class. Then we went to the park. Then we were down here in the garage playing uh, PS2 iToy. Then I put them to bed. Then I came here. Then I'm gonna watch Dynamite when I go back upstairs. Then I'll go to bed like one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. Then I'll be up at six. Man, there's no rest. Like, that's, listen, that's just the way it is. I got a stream tomorrow. I got, like, four articles I got to write tomorrow. It's nuts. It is nuts. But listen, yo, that's the thing. That's what you got to do. It's de- yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a hustle. Now, th- you said, you yep. mentioned that Skybound is the publisher of the game? So that means you had interactions with Robert Kirkman. What was that like? I didn't get to interact with him, uh... Personally, I wish one day um, that'll happen. Uh, I've interacted uh, with the PR people from Skybound. Oh, okay. Um, a lot, like with Pat, with Pax East and Pax West and stuff like that. Like, oh, they were great to me. You know, like the, you know, listen, 
they, uh, again, like I said, I'm like the low man on the totem pole, and I'm getting taken care of. Like, I'm getting flown out to, you know, Boston twice, Tennessee, D.C., Seattle. Like, they took really good, they took really good care of me. You know, um, super nice. You know, um, I mean, at the end of PAX East, uh, the second PAX East, I thought, was it PAX East or PAX West? I think, no, it was PAX West. It was the one in Seattle. Um, I mean, I worked the booth at PAX West when I wasn't doing the panel, which I didn't necessarily have to do, you yeah. know, but like I was trying to get as many people on the, on that game as possible because I'm like, yo, this is my first like super big VO. And I was, I was dressed up as Macho Man. I, I got like 200 little coffee creamers <coughs> and we were doing cream. We were doing cream shots. Macho Man, who wants some of the cream? Yeah. And we were doing cream shots and stuff like that, waiting for, like, these people to play the game. I'm like, who wants to play the game? Give me a ooh, yeah. You know, and, like, making a ton of noise and stuff. Like, pack security was just, like, they were getting pissed off because they were like, oh, he's a mascot, and you guys didn't pay a mascot fee. And they're like, no, that's the voiceover actor. And they were like, oh, okay. But it was like, by the end of it all, like, they gave me a Skybound jacket, you know? Like, they were like, yo, man, you killed it. Like, And that, like... I wore the shit out of that part of my French. The shit, I cursed twice. I'll curse three times. The shit Dude, out of that jacket. Swear, swear like away. A month. Like, oh, I remember, like, I went into work last year in September, and it was, like, 75 degrees, 80 degrees, and I was rocking that jacket, sweating. But I was just like, man, I earned that jacket, you know? So it was, like, um, great, great bunch of people. You know, I love the Skybound people, the PR people there. And that's the thing, too, man. Some of the, the PR people from Skybound... They've worked on, like, they did PR for, like, Gran Turismo, God of War. Like, these people have, like, roots oh. in gaming. So it's just, like, being the geek that I am, I'm like, you worked on Gran Turismo, right? And he's like, yeah, I did. I did PR, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, yeah, man. Like, it's just so much fun. Such a geek, geeky experience for me, you know? You're part of a video game. Like, you can say that. That's all I have. Like, I'm just sitting there, like... Multiple games. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, multiple games now. And then the thing is too, like I said, um, I'm on uh, I'm on four games right now that I can't talk about. But it's mm -hmm. like uh, different developers too. Um, so it's been so much fun. Like I mean, if I would have just done the Padre, I think that would have been a dream come true because like I was lead voiceover in a game that was released on PlayStation Four, Nintendo Switch. Like I mean, yo, listen, that's legit. You know. But uh, this is, like I said, this is just completely different. And, like, I'm hungry for for more, you know? So I keep getting a nice dose of trailer work. Everyone loves the stupid, in a world, one man. Like, that's, like, like I'll probably make, like, $1,000 a year for the rest of my life just from, like, indie people being like, oh, we can give you, you know, 200 bucks if you read, like, the trailer for 45 seconds. And I'll be like, okay, no problem. You know, like, Kickstarter yeah. people always approach me, you know? But it's, like... Making characters come alive like this stuff, oh, that that's just like that's so much fun. Not to mention, it it just makes your resume look better, as good as it already does. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. So the thing is, now it's so much fun. Like uh, today was my first day um, at my college. I've taught I've taught for seventeen years, oh. um, but I, I've taught I've taught journalism out of the English department at my college, and. Um, I would say like five months ago, um, they came to me and they're like, do you want to be transferred to communications and performing arts? Like, uh, ha take the journalism program with you to communications and performing arts. And I'm just like, the TV, radio people are, are all in communications and performing arts. I'm like, it just makes sense. Right. 
So, but now the thing is, like, all the voiceover I was doing, all the people in the English department in my college, they could give two craps. They didn't care, you know? But it's like now I'm in communications and performing arts with, like, you know, the acting people, the theater people, and they're like, wait, you do voiceover for video games too? I'm like, yes, sir. And they're like, oh, my God. So it's just like I feel, like, super freaking appreciated. Like, it's so crazy, you know? It's like I, I just feel like I'm around, like, I'm at the table in the cafeteria that I always wanted to be at. You know, like, that's what it feels like finally. So it's just like, it's good stuff. So what are you? What system are you playing the game? Playing WrestleQuest on? Switch. Because I could kind of, I could take it wherever I want. The thing is, with two kids, I mean, you know, you got one little one now. Yes. Like they're watching Bluey all day. Like you don't get to watch. You don't get to, you know, play games as much as you want. You know. Okay, that part correct, but she does like she does sit with me while I'm like playing. You know, she That's she awesome. if I'm watching wrestling, she'll sit she'll sit with me and watch it. Like I took a picture of her watching my watching all out on my iPad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like awesome. she she does join in. I was I actually uh, recorded a mix for a radio station I'm doing, and she slept right through it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, my wife gets so pissed because, like, my kids let me, they let, like, if I, if both of my kids were, like, on the couch over here in in the man cave, they would be mega chill while I would be on the podcast. And they, like, don't even let my wife, like, go to the bathroom or, like, the door closed. I feel so bad. (laughs) You know, with me, they're just like, oh, yeah, daddy's doing a podcast. We need to be quiet. You know, or the best is, oh, my God, if I have to do voiceover, sometimes, like, you know, I'll be like, guys, I don't feel like going down into the garage. I'll go into, like, the dining room and, um. Like, you just need to be quiet. And they'll be quiet. And my wife will be like, why is everyone so quiet? And they're like, shh, daddy's doing voiceover. But for her, she can't even, like, talk to my sister-in-law on the phone without, like, getting her, her balls busted. I feel so bad sometimes. Do you? So you got to be nice. you got to be nice to the old ladies, man, to the wife sometimes. Like, those 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock foot massages, like, they... they deserve those, man. They get They get beat up a lot more than we do. Like, I could come home from work and do dishes and deal with and listen to like their stories and stuff like none of that stuff bothers me but it's just like man women they just they just beat the crap out of them emotionally like all day like we i don't know i just feel like we're just built different like we could handle it a little bit better you know? yeah so, that's true that's you know? true like i gotta tell them like stop calm down yeah it's gonna be okay it's not as serious as you think yeah <laughs> like i gotta yeah. talk off the ledge a lot mm-hmm. it's funny but it's crazy because it's like uh to get back to wrestling my son loves oh my god he uh he loves like every time he hears oh yeah he'll be like oh yeah and like my daughter <laughs> thinks it's funny but like my wife is done she's done with macho man she don't want to hear it she don't want to hear muchacho man she don't want to hear hulk and lod she don't want to hear me singing his junkyard dog she don't want to hear none of it so but it's so funny it's so funny but uh i can't wait for you to get farther in the game because it's like i'm getting i i'm i kid you not I'm waking up since since last Tuesday, since the 22nd, anywhere from like 75 to like 125 messages a day, like in the morning, of people telling me where they're at in the game, problems that they're having in the game, things that they're liking in the game, things that they would change in the game, things that they wouldn't change in the game, and it's just like, guys, like, thank you, but it's just like, like it's super overwhelming, but at the same time, too, it's so cool to see like, one guy today is like, I just saw Sergeant Slaughter for the first time. And then another guy is like, oh, my God, you just did the voice for, like, one of the nasty boys. I'm like, yes. And then, like, you know, all, like, it's it's fun. It's See, now I feel bad. 
Now I feel bad because I messaged you <laughs> while I was playing like no, y'all. No. <laughs> this, this is hilarious. See like, see, like, with you, it's fun. Like, when people are just like, oh, I'm here. This is what I'm doing, blah, 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 blah. Like, I had somebody that was like, oh, um, you should mix the audio a little bit differently. And I'm just like... You know the game's done, right? Just stop. <laughs> but, like, but you know, like, that's so, like, beyond my control. You know, like, I can't, you know... It's crazy. And that's the thing, too. Like, if I could give... No one asked for it, but if I could give some advice to people, like, man, when you have a job, do your job to the best of your possible ability. And then it's just, like, let everyone else... Put everyone else in a situation where they could do their job to the... You know, it's like... I know so many people, like, that go to me, oh, I want to get involved in voice acting. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, oh, well, if I was on a team, I could do this and this and this and this and this and this. And I'm in the same situation because I'm a writer. I've interviewed a ton of video game um, people. I know my way around, like, you know, the industry a bit. But it's like, if you hire me to do one thing, that's all I'm doing. You know, like, I'm not going to try and get my hands on every single thing because people don't want to work with people like that. You know, if you ask my opinion on something, I'm going to tell you. But if you don't ask my opinion on it, then you just do you. And I'm going to do whatever I can. And I'm going to ask you what, what I can do to be better at what I do and stuff like that. And so many people don't get it. I guarantee you there's like three or four people that are going to be listening to this. Yeah. And tomorrow they're going to be like, you're talking about me, right? And I'm like, yes, I'm talking about <laughs> Oh my God, yes. So, But it's just been so crazy the last two weeks. Everyone, you know, everyone has their opinions on stuff and like, oh my God, reading the reviews, so much fun. You know, because it's like, it's funny because it's like the older reviewers yeah. get it. They get the game. They understand that it's a turn-based RPG and that, like, it's a 40-hour game. So there's that slow burn with the story, and you've got to spend time with it, and you've got to grind a little bit, and, like, you've got to re-explore areas. It's like a traditional RPG. Right. And then it's like, I was reading a review, and this guy is like, oh, I remember, first off, that's the thing, too. If you're a professional critic, you should not be mentioning yourself in your reviews. You shouldn't. When you're writing, you should be like, I think this game, just say what you think the game is. Be authoritative. Write it as thorough, as authoritative as possible. But anyway, this guy starts the review off, and he's just like, um, this game is nothing like the games of my childhood, like uh, SmackDown versus Raw 2009 on the Xbox you know, 360. And I'm like, you're 10. I'm like, you're 10 years old. Oh, my God. But or, or I'm like, either you're 10 or I'm, I'm 40. But I'm just like, yeah, this game isn't like necessarily no. for you. You're not going to you're not going to get it, you know, and that's OK. You know, but um, even those people still find things positive about the game, which is cool because like the Metacritic score is really solid considering like so many reviews and stuff like that. So, but it's just been fun to watch that all, like, because with the Padre, I mean, like IGN um, reviewed it and gave it a good score and stuff like that. But there was only like five or six reviews of that game. This one, like, oh my god, they're like all over the place, big sites, small sites. So it's just like so much fun to see all of the different, you know. And the YouTube videos and stuff like that, like, oh, it's, it's like sensory overload and you have to totally be prepared for that stuff emotionally. Yeah. Sometimes like they'll say something and you'll just be like, oh my God, oh my God, you know, it's pretty wild. Yeah. So what is it about like the retro style? Like I know you're, you know, a huge fan of retro games. Like you, I've seen your collection and I cringe in jealousy every time. Um... Yeah. The Commodore 64 right there and the TurboGrafx 16 right there. You have that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. 
I had a Commodore 64 years ago. Oh my god. You did? I did. Box. I did. <laughs> um, I TurboGrafx 16. <laughs> the creator of Vector Man gave me that TurboGrafx 16, by the way. So oh, it's wow. like, that's why I love it that much more. So. Hmm. Yeah. Jason Wiesner. I have to shout him out, man. Oh my god. When uh, He just messages me and we're, we're having conversation and we're bullshitting. He's amazing. He teaches game design now. He's an amazing man. Oh, and he's just like, what's your Holy Grail system? Like, a system that you don't have. And I'm like, I would love a TurboGrafx-16 just to play, like, Splatterhouse and, like, a Dragon's Curse and stuff like that. And he's just like, what's your address? And I'm like, they don't make people like you anymore. Like, you are amazing. And then it came to my house, and I'm just like, I sent him a, a copy of Conjury, like, the 1 in 50, like, the limited edition one, and I signed it and stuff like that for him. Yeah. But I was just like, yo, so nice. Yeah. So, so what was it, what is it about like the retro game you know the retro game design that attracted you to WrestleQuest? So this is the thing, man. Like WrestleQuest is it's it's aesthetics have changed so much over the last three years. Like it oh. looks a lot more modern now than it did like three years ago. Um, but like yeah, because they, they've done a lot of work on like the lighting and the animations over the last three years. Like it looks much different than it did when it originally started, but it still looks like a retro game. Yeah. Um. I love pixel art. I'm a sucker for pixel art, um, and this game has beautiful pixel art. Yes. I'm a sucker for games with really unique and original soundtracks. Like, yo, listen, let's be fair. Electronic Arts has all this money, and they can get, like, a banger soundtrack with, like, you know, every musician that you know under the sun. But it's just, like, remember the first time you fired up, like, Final Fantasy VII? And, like, you would go to, like, each different part of the game and you would hear an original track and you would just be like, yo, what is this? And it's just, like, still to this day. I mean, I walk anywhere from, like, 25,000 to 30,000 steps a day four, four or five times a week. And I'll be like, yo, I'm walking uphill and I'm getting tired. I'm like, I'm putting on Red Dead 13's theme on Final Fantasy VII. This is, like, perfect for this walk up this hill and stuff like that. Or, like, I accomplished something today. I'm going to be listening to... You know, Final Fantasy VII. And it's, like... The soundtrack for WrestleQuest is it's a 70-plus track soundtrack. So it's just like when... Because that was when... Mitch was the guy, Mitch, the audio technician on um, the music guy from WrestleQuest. That's the guy that I worked with the most on the game, him and Zach. And, um, like, he w I would be listening to some of the music in the game, and I'm just like, damn. Like, so great pixel art, great story, great music. I was just like... Within the first, like, month on the game, I'm just like, this game has everything that you would want out of a classic RPG. So, like, I was totally on board. And then, plus, the fact that, like, this is a company that, like, prides themselves on trying to recreate the retro aesthetic in, in modern day. Like, it was just totally something I wanted to be a part of. Gotcha. Now, you mentioned, you did mention, I know we're gonna, I'm gonna step off subject real quick. You mentioned Holy Grails. Now, like I mentioned before, you have a collection that just makes me cringe and jealousy every time I see it. Happy for you, but I'm like, damn, he's got What is your holy grail of video games? Like, stuff that, like, I want that I don't have? Yeah. Or... Which is kind of... Um, probably a 3DO. I'd love to have a 3DO. Um, just because it was, like, such a failed system. But, like, it had such, like, potential. Um... Yeah, I would love to play Wolfenstein on the 3DO because, like, I interviewed the person that developed it, and um, it's by far, like, the strongest version of Wolfenstein. 
I would just want to play that. And then um, EA released a bunch of like sports games on the 3DO, and I just felt like that that was really weird because Trip Hawkins was the founder of Electronic Arts, and he left Electronic Arts to start 3DO. So like you would think that like EA wouldn't necessarily have a relationship with the, with 3DO, but they did. So like I would love to play like Road Rash on 3DO and like Madden and stuff. Those would be really cool. Um, I have a Virtual Boy. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. There's a couple of there's a couple of consoles like um, the Vectrix. You guys know what the Vec- Vectrix is? I've never heard. No, of it. I don't remember that. It, it's basically like this TV. It's like a tall rectangle. Okay. Yeah. And um, the system is the TV. The system is built into the TV. Okay. And um, the way you the way you would play it is you would put like these like like animation cell almost like kind of things overlays over the screen and then you would play the games. And um, there's a lot of really cool, um, there's a lot of really cool shooters on that. So I would totally love to have one of those. So like a 3DO and a Vectrix. Pretty much everything else I have. Like, I mean, I have a ton of games on Atari 2600 that I that I've always wanted. I have, I have like, oh, maybe, maybe I don't have a Saturn. I have a Saturn, but it's busted. Mm. I probably I have to get another Saturn at some point. But like, um, pretty much like everything. That I that I want I have, which is pretty crazy. I have like four thousand games, um, and then I have like those handhelds. I have an RG three fifty. I have an RG three fifty one V. So like both of those, um, they're basically like ROM consoles. Um, I have like twenty thousand games on both of them, and I use them for research. You know, so it's just like if I want to interview a developer, and the game came out on like the Atari seventy eight hundred or fifty two hundred, it's like super hard to get get those games. That's the thing too. Little proof, unproven fact, or un- unknown fact, it's like eighty percent of like all retro games are like impossible to find. Yeah. Yeah. You know? you know, so it's just like sometimes like people will come over and they'll go, "Oh my god, you have that? I've never seen that like in the wild." And I'm like, "Yeah." Like I mean, the other day I was on um, a podcast and I was just like, "You guys ever see this before?" And they were like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "It's Blade Runner on PC." This game is freaking awesome. Westwood made this. The same people that did, like, Command and Conquer and stuff. This game is, like, super hard to find. And the um, co-creator of Desert Strike, Jungle Strike, and Urban Strike, um, Tony Barnes, I love him. He's an amazing man. Um, Like, three times, he just sent me boxes of games. I was just like, here, I know you're going to take care of them. Like, I know they'll have, have a home. I'm like, yep, they will die with me. I will be buried with them, you know? So, um... Yeah, Holy Grail, 3DO, Vectrix. Um, also, Sega came out with a system before the Sega Master System. Um, I have a Master System. I love the Master System. Um, I have Spider-Man on the Master System. I have, like, Wonder Boy in Monster Land on the Master System. But they came out with a, a system. It's like the Sega. It's like SG-100. Right. Yeah, I'd love to have that. I don't know what I would play on it. There's not a lot of games on it, but I would just love to have it, you know? So, for me, I'm... If you put me in front of the couch, like, right now, I'm looking over here, and, like, I have, like, an old Cinderella 2 TV that has, like, really good audio. But, like, if you sat me there with uh, Virtual Pro Wrestling 2 um, and, like, No Mercy, I could sit there the whole day. If you give me a bag of Doritos and <laughs> No Mercy... I'll just make every single wrestler for every promotion, and I, I won't even play the game. I'll just spend eight, nine hours making, like, AJ Styles' moveset absolutely perfect. You know, like, just <laughs> geeky-ass stuff. So I'm easy that way. Yeah, that, go ahead. 
Yeah, that makes me think of um, what you just said about like customizing and no mercy. Like, um, like, like what what really strikes me about like modern wrestling games, especially the two K games, is that like I found myself with playing two K twenty two that I found I found myself devoting more time to just downloading and just creating yep. rosters, universe yep. mode, booking shows than at playing the actual game. And I just had yep. I had just as much fun, if not more fun, doing that than the yep. actual gameplay. So and the thing that I like though yeah. about like the Nintendo sixty four games in relation to the two K games is the Nintendo sixty four games are actually fun to play. Yes. Oh, I said that out loud. The fun fact. Yeah. The fun fact but, uh, is still there. Yeah. Now along with you wouldn't want the E T game that came out for Atari? Hold on Swear to God. Swear to God. Many a landfill yeah. had that game. Hold on. Give me one second. Um, Yard's Revenge, Defender. Here we go. There you go. You have it. Yeah, there yeah. it is. There it is, <laughs> people. <laughs> yep. A fresh copy, too. Not from the landfill. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a pretty fresh one. I got it for, like, next to nothing. Like, I mean, I have... I mean, I just look and I have food. I have food shit. Like, um... This is the first ever Spider-Man game. This is on Atari 2600. Oh! Wow. You know, like... That's a find. Yeah, man. Um... Let's see. I'm trying to think. I miss Pac-Man. Megalomania. I got a bunch of Frogger. You know, like... Okay. Alright. Now, of the many games you have in your collection, what would you say is one of the... One of the rarest and most hard to find, and perhaps the most expensive, or among the most expensive that you've found. I never thought those freaking Def Jam Vendetta games were going to be so much money. Oh my and god! And those are my and those two, the first two, we don't acknowledge. Icon. Um, no. Yeah, no, we don't. And the, yeah. the sad part is, like, the developer of Icon, I love him. Um, it's the same guy that did Mutant League Football. Um, mm. Michael Menheim. Yeah. He um, he's he's pledged kickstarters of mine i've interviewed him countless times but like yeah that that third def jam just doesn't hit the same way no of course it doesn't you know they tried to go like and you know what it's not his fault because it's like um aki wasn't wasn't on board you know so like you know they had to reinvent the the wheel entirely so yeah i remember telling the story i repeat the story that you tell me that you tell me that you told us like many times but um yeah, those two games and NBA Street Final, NBA Street Volume Two. Yeah, hard to find, like hard to find, yeah, affordable. I, a, I oh, actually, I have a sealed copy of NBA Street Volume Two on Xbox right behind me, sealed. My <laughs> crazy story. Let me see if I can find it. Hold on. Um, it's gonna make me cry now. Because I like. Okay? Like I spin, like I like when I at the Rhode Island Midnight Basketball League, yeah. I DJ that soundtrack. Uh, wow! Wow, that's crazy. Um, that game still lives. Dude. And I and I'm asking, I'm like, yo, bonus points for whoever can guess this game. Mm-hmm. Mostly people my age can. But. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That is awesome. Yeah. Just oh, it's, it's here. I just have too many games. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, NBA, yeah. I, I actually lucked out with the the Def Jam Vendetta and Fight for New York uh, a few nice. years ago. Fight for New York was so good. It yeah. was. It was. Yeah. Now I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask you this. 
It's somewhere here. Oh, wait, here we go. Who's right in front of my face? <laughs> so, funny story. My mom, she passed away a couple years ago. Um, she used to buy me games all the time, like, in the store. Like, if, if any, like, little rinky-dink, here we go, sealed. Mm. Ooh, look at that. Mm. Yeah, it's a platinum hit, but whatever, it's still, you know. It's um, still the game. Sealed. Yeah. Um, one Christmas, because, like, my parents didn't have a lot of money. So it's like, I basically, for Christmas, I would get, like, six or seven, like, $20 games. You know? Right. And um, once in a while, they, I'd, I'd hit the jackpot. And I'd get, like, Elder Scrolls, like, Morrowind or whatever, and go, oh, my God, I could play that for, like, 80 hours, like, and I don't have it, that's good. Or, like, they'd be like, oh, um, everyone was saying this Red Dead Redemption was good. And I'm like, oh, my God, okay, thank you. I don't have it, you know, or, like, I remember I I wasn't on God of War when it first came out, the first one, and it was in my stocking, and I'm like, I'll play the shit out of this. That's good. Thank you, guys. Blah, blah, blah. But, like, my mom... I already had this game. I have it on PS2, not a platinum hit, like the actual standard copy. And I loved it. It's amazing. And my mom came home and she was like super happy. And she's like, I got you something. And I looked at it and I'm like, oh, ma, thank you so much. And I just went and I just threw it like with my <laughs> Xbox games. And still to this day, every time I look at it, like because she's not with us anymore. Like yeah. I just look at it and I'm just like, you know, because she was just trying to be, you know, trying to be a good mom and stuff. You know, so, yeah, man. That's freaking amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually uh, curious. I'm, I'm gonna look this up. I want to see how much uh, NBA sh- Street Fighter. NBA Street Fighter too. Yeah, so I'm gonna look. The, I'm gonna I look had the, no idea that yeah. that was like that 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 was like a, a really. And the thing is too, I've interviewed the creator of the NBA Street series. Like that's in my um my PlayStation Two book. That's like one of the strongest chapters in that um book. That guy was amazing. We we talked on the phone for like three hours. We we've exchanged like. 50 emails like i love like the effort that went into the nba street series huge mm. like arguably two is arguably the greatest basketball arcade basketball game of all time oh and absolutely you can say whatever you want about nba jam and mm. i love mark termel i've interviewed mark termel before i love all the midway guys but like street just hits so much better oh, than that's NBA not bad. jam 35 dollars yeah that's not too that's yeah that's not too I bad had, um Oh, crazy story. I had Rule of Rose in my hands once. Which one? It was owned. Rule of Rose? Mm. Yeah. On PS2? Right. Like That's like a $450 game, you know? Yeah. And um, I had it in my hands. It was mine. I owned it. I took a picture with it on Instagram. And then somebody just hit me up right away and was just like, I'll give you this much for it. And it was like literally twice what I paid. And I was just like, I kind of have a rule, and it's like, I don't trade or sell any of my games. I haven't since I'm like 14 years old. I don't even let people borrow my games. Um, but the game did not come home with me yet. I was still in the store, and I was just like, I'm never going to open it. It was still sealed. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm never going to open it. Just have, yeah, it's one of those things that you got to have, just have. Yeah, and I'm like, I owned it. I, ha- I held it in my hands. I took a picture with it. It was mine. And then if I, I told the guy, I'm like, are you going to open it? And he's like, no, but I'm going to get it graded. And, and I'm like, all right, so you're going to take it a step farther than me. So, so yeah, so I, I ended up making like $350 that day off of, like, because I got it for, I got it for a crazy price. And, um, and then this guy just contacted me and, you know. You didn't make it out the store yet. 
crazy. Talk about flipping. <laughs> yeah, it was just one of those things, like, you know, I remember I got home and my wife, I was like, I wasn't upset about it, but I was just like, because if I was single and didn't have kids, I wouldn't have done it. Right. I would have just take it, taken it home. To, so basically what I ended up doing was I just put the money that I paid for the game back in my pocket, and then the 350 I just came home to my wife, and I was just like, here. And she was like, what's this for? And I'm just like, don't worry about it. And, she, and later she was like, what happened? I'm like, I, 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 got, I sold that game. And she goes, oh, my God, why? Because she's – my wife hates video games. She does not give a shit about any of the stuff that I'm into, comic books, video games. But she gets it, like – you know, like if, if like we're getting because like oh my god at Legacy we're gonna we're sending six books to the printer in like the next two weeks, so she knows like when I'm on the computer she sees me like lettering books and putting text and bubbles and stuff and she's just like man you do she's like you have to do that for like every single I'm like every single book and she's just like damn like she gets it you know yeah so it's just like when I told her when I told her that I flipped it she was like you didn't have to do that I'm like I know I didn't have to do that you know so it's just yeah it's crazy. It's funny. Yeah, you, uh, you, you're blessed with one B. <laughs> like, she puts up with so... She does. Oh, my God. Like, uh... It's crazy. Like, the... The shit, like, hold on. You guys are gonna play. Like, the stuff that I... I'll be walking around the house in the middle of the day. And she's like, where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm right here. I'm right here. Hold on. Where are you? And she's like, I'm... I'm, I'm like, I'm right here. I'm just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> Got a Wolverine mask. Yeah. You're an idiot. She's like, you're an idiot. You know. I'm just like, yep, that's me. Like, my kids think it's the the funniest shit in the world. Like, I'll walk around, I'll go downstairs, and I'll come up as Wolverine, and then the next minute I'll come back. I have Psychosis from WCW, Laparka, Blue Demon, Spider Man. Like, the whole day I'll just be coming down with different masks and stuff. But like, yeah, my wife's awesome. She gets it. But like I said, she's done with Muchacho Man. She don't want. She don't want to hear it anymore. So, but, um, oh, it's been, the last three years has just been so crazy. Like, this game, in a weird way, like, totally, like, I don't want to say it saved my life, because I wasn't, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I was, I'm completely healthy mentally and stuff like that, but it's yeah. just, like, I didn't want to travel because my kids were so young, you know? Like, right. I did not want to be without my kids for, like, a day, you know? And it'd be funny, because, like, every six to eight months, you know, my wife would be like, you know, you, you think it'd be okay for me and, you know, my, her sister, you know, to go to, like, you know, Atlantic City for the night, like, a girls' night and stuff. I'm like, yeah, sure, go. I don't care, you know. And, like, my wife would go, oh, you know, if you ever, like, want to go with the guys, like, go away for, like, the night, you know, like, you know, or go, go to a concert or go, like, to a wrestling show or whatever, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, nah, nah, it's good. Like, I was just, I did not want to be without my kids. And then um, all the stuff, all the voiceover stuff started happening, and, um... The mega guy people were like, yo, we need you, we need you to come to Pax East. And I'm just like, man, like I don't want to be without my kids, you know. And my wife was like, no, you need to go. Like this is a good opportunity for you. Like you need to go. And um, I think I said this on another podcast, but not the same exact way. It's just like I worked with these guys for like, I know the mega cat guys for like eight to ten years. Like I've oh, been okay. working with them back and forth. But, like, um, on the game, like, I worked on the game for, like, a year talking to them every day and stuff. And there's always that, like, you know somebody online and then you meet them in person and you're just, like, probably shouldn't have met them in person. 
They're better online. You know, it happens. You know? Yeah. But then every once in a while, you meet somebody online that you know from online, and you guys just hit it off. And it's just like, and that's the way it was with the Mega Cat guys. Like, I remember um, James picked me up um, in front of PAX East. I got out of my taxi, and he shook my hand, and oh my god, like, he's a bit, like, I'm 6'4", like, 260 pounds. He's like 6'2", and he's like 250. He's a big guy, you yeah. know? And he shook my hand, almost like ripped my arm out of the socket and stuff like that, like good firm handshake. And then we just started bullshitting, and I'm like, he's exactly the way he is on the phone and online. Like he's, he's him, him. He yeah, he was. Like no catfish. Great. Yeah, no, yeah, no catfish, no nothing. And yeah. I was just like, oh my god, this is like one of the the best things I've ever done for myself. You know, to like take myself out of like that that little and it's hard to say because like i live in new york city but take myself out of that that pond of new york city and go to other places and work with other people it's been so rewarding and like this game opened up so many opportunities to the fact that like i mean i spoke um i was in chicago last month for uh the video game summit and um that wasn't even for WrestleQuest. that was like for legacy and it's just like if i wouldn't have worked with mega cat i might have never gone to chicago Right. You know, but now it's just like I've flown so much over the past year that I'm just like, yeah, I'll hop on a plane. And my wife loves it because, like, yo, yeah, she needs a break from me every once in a while. <laughs> you know? like, so it, it's just – it's been so – this game has just been so good for me. It's been so, like, cathartic. And, like, again, video games um, and wrestling all mixed into one. Like, oh, yeah. it's great. So how did you – like, how did you guys get the talent? You know the sign. You know the the major talent like DDP, Jake the Snake, um, you know Jeff Jarrett, and so forth. So what I can say is that um, James, like I said before, um, Jeff Jarrett could sell a lady in a white dress to catch a popsicle, mm-hmm. and like James, James from Mega Cat Studios is one of the most intelligent, interesting, charismatic. And driven people I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah. So he, yeah, and that's listen, that's saying something. I don't kiss anybody's ass, and I just, I just gave this guy like a major rub right now. What I just said, and I mean like every single word. Like he's the type of person that like, if you go into a meeting with with him, you could be like before the meeting, this is not happening. I'm not doing anything with with him. And then by the end of the meeting, you could be like, yeah, man, we're doing business together. Because he's just, and he's not he's not a con artist he's not a fraud he is just so genuinely himself um, he knows what he wants um, and he knows he he respects wrestling more than any video game developer that I've ever worked with and he respects video games up with like my top five like favorite video game people like he's in my top five easy. So he knows the work that goes into like making a, a an efficient, solid video game, and he has so much love and admiration for pro wrestling, and he understands how valuable people's time is. So it's like if if you guys ever get the opportunity to meet him and have a real conversation with him, you would be like, man, like he's just he's one of those people that like has that he could have that that type of impact on people like me. Like I run my own publishing company like i run legacy comics and like whenever i hang out with him and i see the way that he runs his team and interacts with his team i'm just like that's the way that i need to be with my team 
like I need to be that way, but like my own way. Like I just see the way that he speak that he speaks to people, and it's like he's never disrespectful, but it's just like we need to be better. We need to do this. We need to do that. And he just gets he gets people to be the best versions of themselves. So it's like it's no shock to me that like the people um, that Mega Cat was able to get like close to thirty licensed wrestlers because it's just like if you sit in a room with James and hear the pitch for WrestleQuest and you don't believe like check your pulse you know like he's that type of person you know so i mean that and then like just persistence you know and like again the game was in development for like four and a half years so like he had his time to get like all of his ducks in a row and and do what he had to do and like listen so many people I've, I've spoken to so many people over the years for all the minds behind the games books and all the journalism that i've done for like examiner and nbc and stuff and so many people, like, kind of, like, uh, smell their own farts, you know? Like, they'll release a game that's, like, a two-hour, three-hour game. Like, I released this game, blah, blah, blah. It's just, like, that's great. And you should be happy that you finished a game and you released it and it came out and stuff. But it's, like, this, this is a 40-hour RPG. Like, he could have released, like, ten games instead of this, you know? So it's just, like... I think every person that he spoke to along the way saw, and it's not just him, too. It's just, like, the story for this game is massive. It's massive. The music, like I said, 70 tracks, you know? When you talk about, like, even all the NPCs are are voiced, and it may not be, like, full spoken lines. It may just be, like, grunts and, like, Animal Crossing, like, type stuff. But it's just, like, there's so much going on under the hood. So it's just, like, when you explain this to somebody... How could you not want to get involved in the game? You know? And that's that's what they did to me. Yeah. You know, like I had just finished the Padre one shell straight to hell, the second Padre, and um I was so pissed off about that. I haven't really spoken about that off the record, but I I was pissed off because like I thought that was the best voiceover that I had ever done up until that point, and I felt like the game was significantly better than the first, but we didn't get a console release. Which I was super pissed off about. Like the 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 opening cinematic in the Padre One Show Straight to Hell is so badass. Like, and like I feel like that people on PS4 and PS5 and okay. Switch and Xbox are, will never see that. It's yeah, just like, and it's a publishing, it's a publishing thing, oh. you know. So it was just like, damn, that sucks. So it was just like I was coming off of that, and then I was doing some stuff for Retro Ninja, which I'll, I'll continue to do stuff. I'll, I will work with Tony Barnes at Retro Ninja for the rest of my life. Like, whenever he has a project for me, like, I, I legit, like, love that man. That guy is, like, he's badass. But, like, um, James just starts throwing, you know, oh, it's a, it's a pixel art wrestling game and turn-based and da-da-da-da-da and da-da-da-da. And you're just, like, you can just feel the passion, you know? Right. It's like um, I had somebody knock on my door, like, three hours ago. And no one ever knocks on my door. I live in the suburbs, so I wasn't expecting anybody. You know, yeah. Uh-huh, in the suburbs in Brooklyn? Like, the in uh, in Staten Island. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because I moved out of Brooklyn. I don't live in I don't live in Brooklyn anymore. I live in Staten Island. Gotcha. Um, like there's there's turkeys running around my block, like wild turkeys, like it's insane, it's crazy. And I'm only like 25 minutes away from Brooklyn. But um, so this guy knocks on my door, and he's he's selling solar like stuff, you know. And he's just like, oh, I'm not going to sell you anything, but blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, there you go. And he's like, what? I'm like, you're trying to sell me. I thought you told me you weren't going to sell me. And he just looks at me, and he's like, shit. And he's like, I'll see you later. Like, he gave up. 
knew that I knew that he was full of shit. And the thing is, like, there's something special about people that are like, I'm not going to sell you on what I need you to invest in me. I I don't want you to invest in this project. I want you to invest in me. And I think that's like one of the things that like a lot of the people at Mega Cat are great in. Like, yeah, WrestleQuest is the game that we're producing, but it's a piece of us. So if you invest in WrestleQuest, you invest okay. in us and like what we do. So it's just like that's the reason why I think James was able to get like what he got for the game because he he's an investment that's like going to pay back in spades. Yeah. And, and so far, like I, I do see, like I like this the fun factor. It, it's there. You know, and I I don't play RPGs at all. That is true. And it gets better the more you play. Oh, when you get when you you're only an hour in. When you meet Brink Logan and like his storyline, like imagine you're like the best wrestler in your dad's promotion, but your dad has you jobbing out to people. You know, like that's the thing. So like the story in WrestleQuest is like the type of story you would love to see in a 2K game, but they would never put it in a 2K game. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that does make sense. That is true. That so is now, true. <laughs> yeah, you can't can't play as enhancement talent. Yeah, yeah. They're enhancement yeah. talents, not jobbers. <laughs> There's literally a scene that's like three hours in, where um, one of the one of the twelve playable characters, like gets like one of his first big breaks, and he doesn't expect it. And it's just like every because like I've played through the game three times. I'm sh- I'm gonna be streaming through that part the next time I stream the game because I'm streaming for like an hour, so I kind of like already know like what I'm gonna experience and stuff like that. And I'm just like every time I see this one scene, I'm just like, mmm, like damn. It's like the first time you saw like I like I remember when CM Punk won the ECW title, right? You know, like you didn't think he was gonna win. But he won. Or like when Zack Ryder won the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. And it was just like, wait a second. And I mean, he lost the next night to The Miz, which was great. But like, <laughs> those those fun little moments, like WrestleQuest like delivers like moments like that. Where you're like, you're just reading, but like the music cues in. And the animations on all the characters and stuff like that. And I'm just like, they're the types of feelings I used to have playing games on the PS1. Like Final Fantasy VII and Wild Arms and Persona, and Mario RPG on, on, you know, the, on the Super Nintendo, and Earthbound, and stuff like mm-hmm. that, so, yeah, man. <laughs> I can even just see it in your face, like... It's um... one of those things, because it's crazy, it's like, if I didn't do any VO on this game, I still would have played through it once. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just like... As much as I love the Padre and, like, the VO that I did on that game, like, I've probably played both Padres, like, four or five hours each. Like, I finished them and stuff. But I have no reason to ever go back to those games ever again. Like, just to... Maybe I'll show, like, my daughter, like, the cinema, the opening cinema and stuff like that. And, or show a friend if they come over and stuff. But it's just, like... Um, the cool part of playing WrestleQuest over, like, three times is, like, my Switch characters play so much different than my Steam characters. Like... Because you can pick between having them be, like, a powerhouse, a showman, an underdog, and stuff. And they play different. And then, oh. like, I purposely, like, when I stream, I try and just, like, be as quick as possible. Like, get from point A to point B. So, like, my move set on my characters are different. So, like, on my Steam version, I have a lot more gimmicks on my character. And, like, so it's like the, each match plays differently. Like, 
it's got a lot of playability. Like, one of the reviews I saw, they were like, oh, there's no reason to play WrestleQuest over once you complete it. And I'm just like, yeah, no. That's completely wrong. You know? And I'm like, you don't, you, you're not an RPG guy, you know? So it's just like, there's so many parts of the game already that I'm just like, yeah, I, I want to go back to that part of the map. You know, there's stuff there that, like, I need to experience again and blah, 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 blah. So yeah. it's, it's crazy. And then sometimes you probably find stuff that you missed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's a, uh, in one of the first towns that you go into, I shouldn't even tell you this, you should find out by itself, by yourself, but like you, you might miss it. There's a strip club and, um, and you get asked to, you get asked to dance. And, uh, if you, if you pass like this, like really fun, like DDR kind of thing, um, you win like an item. And it gives you access to a move that, like, you it, it's basically like some Santino Morella kind of thing. Like, you do a dance-off, like, in the ring. Yeah. And you have to match you have to match the button prompts. But if you... And it takes, like, 35, like, action points, which it takes, like, a big chunk of your action points. But the thing is, like, if you do it and you complete it, um, it raises your height meter in the, in the game and, like, slows down the opposition. And it allows the rest of your team to just plow through everybody. But the thing is, like, you really, like, have no reason to go into that strip club unless you're like you have that mindset of an rpg player where you want to talk to every person and go in every building and stuff like that like if you play rpgs like that like with me outer worlds fallout 3 fallout new vegas elder scrolls morrowind oblivion i go in every room i speak to every npc blah 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 like if you play games like that you will be so rewarded with the treasures, and I mean this, like the treasures that are in WrestleQuest. There's so many cool things in there, you know? So, And it allows you to just play the game differently. Hmm. Yeah, so kinda, Master completion is right here. I, I try. Like, uh, like uh, I, I try to be as thorough as I can, especially with RPGs and action RPGs. So, like, mm-hmm. that sounds like the gift that keeps on giving, you know, right there. Um, yeah, like... Uh, so, so like, would you say like what I know you mentioned that earlier that with WrestleQuest that the game would take take about forty hours to complete. Now, is that just like just like mainlining the main quest without doing any of the side content? Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, so, this was right up your alley. Wow. So, like, so how, I'm telling you this right now, like, um, on the Switch, if you have a commute, it's like, come on. Like, why are you not playing this on your Switch on the bus and the train and stuff like that? Instead of looking at all those miserable-ass people on the bus and the train, put on a pair of headphones, immerse yourself. It'll take you probably, like, a week to finish, and then you go back and then start finding all the stuff that you miss. Like, t- to me, it's like, that's, like, the that's the reason why I picked up the Switch. You know, like, I play um, Blasphemous um, on the Switch, um, Hades on the Switch, yeah. like, just those games that you can just play hours and hours and hours and stuff, and I feel like Wrestlequest, I mean, it's great on the PS5, I get, that's know, what I have mistake about, but, like, on the Switch, and I have the fixture S1 that, like, you put the wireless controller in, and it holds the, you know, so this way I don't have to use the Joy-Cons and stuff, and it's just so comfortable, and it's just, like, I can sit on my couch and play it, I can go on the bus and play it, and it's just, like, for me, for the Switch, it's, I feel like it was just, like, tailor-made for the Switch, it's on Netflix, too, you know? Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah, man. If you log on to uh, Netflix on your phone or your tablet, the gaming section, you can play it on Netflix also. So, wow. yeah, man. How, about that? Mm-hmm. How is that possible? It took a long time to 
to for them to you know get get it going on there and stuff like that. But it's on there. But how I'm saying like on Netflix, how would you control it? I haven't actually played it on Netflix, but I'm pretty yeah. sure uh, like on your download it, check it out. He's he's looking at it. he's looking at Netflix. Yeah, because I'm just like, how would you even control? <laughs> Yeah, because I'm look, so, trying to look up yeah. uh, Netflix games because I, I didn't know they had games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's so funny because I had a whole bunch of people. They were like, oh, I don't really want to play it. But wait, it's on Netflix? Okay, I'm down. I'll do that. So. Okay. So yeah, man. There you go. How about that? You would still have to, like, pay for it if you were playing on Netflix, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's free. I don't think so. Oh. Hmm. But, um. Yeah, yeah I and mean, they worked really hard to make sure that that works the way that it's supposed to on on uh, on Netflix. So, so yeah, man. Nice. Yeah, I might be I might be more inclined to get getting uh, Russell Quest on the Switch uh, instead mm-hmm. of a PS5 because because right now I'm also playing uh, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, which I'm nowhere near completing, and I'm like sixty hours in the game. Jesus. <laughs> I still barely touched the main quest. Why didn't you just play the main quest? It's just so much, so much content that just captures my attention. I just, mm-hmm. I just can't help it. In fact, I'm taking a Zelda break right now, so I'm playing some other games too. So, yeah. Nice. You gonna throw a WrestleQuest on that list? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, I, I, like had... I said, if I didn't do any VO on it, I would still play it, and that's that's saying a lot. You know, mm-hmm. like I remember the first hour that I played, I was like, if somebody else did VO on this, like I would still play it. It's just. It's genuinely fun. It's basically like it's it's a turn-based RPG that's been totally wrestlefied. You know, like if you hit a guy, they bounce off the ropes and you can hit him again. You know, like stupid stuff like that where you're just like, why did? Well, how come no one has ever thought of this before? I love you the know? way you pin in the game. Yeah, you like, pin. So- but it's it's like fun. You just kind of have to like match it up. But it's just like one of those simple things that I like. Got it. You know, got it. It's and it's it gets- fun. It gets extra fun when, like, you're in, like, a dungeon and you're fighting somebody that is a wrestler that you have to pin and then other guys you don't. So you could be fighting three people and two have to be pinned and one doesn't. And, like, it, it just gets so – it gets so cool and so different. You know, you might you might just be fighting a polar bear that you need to get to, like, zero HP. Yeah. But then there's, like, a, a, a masked, like, logger, you know, and you got to pin him, you know, so – and there's tag team moves, there's triple team moves. And then this is the thing, too. What people don't get is um, the licensed wrestlers are summons. So, like, you fight, like, Sergeant Slaughter, Jake the Snake Roberts, and after you beat them, then you, you can call upon them later, and, like, Jake the Snake will come in and DDT, like, an opponent for you. So it's, like, very, like, similar to, like, Final Fantasy, where, like, you fight, like, the summon, like, Neo Bahamut or something like that, and then you beat it, and then it's on your team. So it's just, like, it, this is a love letter to Japanese RPGs. If you grew up playing Final Fantasy, Dragon Warrior, Mario RPG, even Pokemon, like there's moments when I'm just like, man, this this is giving me some Pokemon vibes, like our OG Pokemon. OG like Pokemon. It's like, yeah, getting you know? your friends and you had to get the connector cord to play. <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. You know, so hell yeah. But sometimes I feel like that's. Yeah, I feel like that's good for, like, modern gamers today because they're so used to, like, what we know as the norm now. But it's like sometimes, you know, you kind of do need to just kind of go back to that retro style and stuff. But then it's just, yeah. 
it's just so many things that have that modern games have, but yet it's just kind of condensed to a retro style, and it's just like it brings out that fun factor. Absolutely, like for me, like video game design thrives when it's like beauty, uh, beauty through simplicity. It's like, um, it's like one of the reasons why, like, I will never take anything away from the Sony team that works on the show, because those games are beautiful and yeah. people love them, but they're not fun to me. Like, they're too simmy. And, like, I don't particularly like to watch baseball that much anymore because it's, like, I'm happy that they sped up the game and they have the pitching clock and stuff like that, but it's just, like, baseball is so slow, you know? And then it's just, like, the Sony people have done such a good job simulating that experience. And to me, like, my favorite baseball games are, like, um, Bottom of the Ninth from Konami and, like, RBI Baseball on the NES where it's just, like, they were just fun, enjoyable games. It's, like... Similar stuff like with hockey. Like I, I, I buy the new NHL every year, but my favorite NHL games are like '93, '94. Like the last NHL game that like I really loved was like '08. You know when they introduced the skill stick. Right. And it's just like, it's simple. It's like you would you would have never thought like you use the left analog to move and then you use the right analog to control the stick so you could shoot and flick and stuff like that. It's it's simple, but it makes sense. It's like the same thing. They did the same thing in FIFA. Like yeah. use the left to run around and then use the right to be like your kicking foot and it just works beautifully beauty through simplicity when you start adding all of these bells and whistles and stuff like that yeah the games look better they they feel better but it's just like you want to you want to suspend disbelief right you know you know like when it feels too real it's just like eh, you know for me so that's why i like old games you know I like knowing that, like, when Mario dies, like, he's he's going to come back in, like, two seconds and stuff. Like, sometimes you feel like, shit, you're playing, like, a modern game and your character dies, and then you're like, yeah, I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. I'd never felt that way when Mario died. I'm like, yeah, he'll, he'll be okay. He'll be okay. <laughs> you know? So. Uh, and that's with Russell Quest, I've never gotten to the point yet where, like, I wanted to, like, rage quit. I knew, like, oh, you know what? I just got out of this dungeon. I know I'm going to have to go back and continue, like, the main story, and there's going to be some text and stuff like that. Let me quit for let me quit for now, and I'll come back to it now. So that's the thing, too. It's got a save anywhere feature, which is great, too. Yes. You know, so it's not like – that was the thing, too. I mean, Victor, you'll be able to attest to this, like, playing those old-school RPGs, and you had to find an inn, or you had to find a save point. You were just yeah. like, oh, my hmm. God. There's not going to be another save point for half an hour. With this, it's just like that's one of the reasons why I love Fallout and Outer Worlds so much that it's just like save anywhere, you yeah. know. So it's got so many. It's got the best of like the new side of the RPG experience, but then it captures so much of the old school RPG. So mm. yeah, man. Nice. Yeah, it's a nice, nice fusion right there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, so, and speaking of RPGs, like as we're as we're uh, uh, rounding third and heading heading for home for for our episode. Uh, what would you say sure. is your top five top five RPGs, um, either of oh. all time or currently? I would say of all time. On my PS, I'm looking at the PS One games because for me, that's like the PS One. Just it just it never made any sense to me that like Nintendo would go. The Super Nintendo was like the RPG. Like, that was the home of so many great RPGs. And then when the yeah. Nintendo 64 came out, they just stopped making RPGs. It's like, what the hell is going on here? And then the PlayStation 1 was just like, every, like, six months, there was, like, a banger RPG that was coming out. So, like, for me, um, Final Fantasy 7 and Final Fantasy 8, I love both of them for two completely different reasons. Um, 
Wild Arms, that's going to be like a guilty pleasure RPG for me, if you guys have ever played that before. That is such a good RPG. Um, one of the first RPGs that ever came out on the PlayStation 1 that gets a lot of shit. A lot of people don't like it, but I love it. It's called Beyond the Beyond. I don't know if you guys have ever played it before. Um, Camelot made it, so if you guys look up Camelot, um, they have a really good relationship with Nintendo. They've made a lot of cool stuff for Nintendo. I'm pretty sure they, they're like the minds behind like gold, the Golden Sun series and stuff like that. Okay. Um, Beyond the Beyond is like definitely like a 40, 50 hour RPG. That's a lot of fun. Um, visually hasn't aged that well, but has it's a lot of fun. Um, so Beyond the Beyond, Wild Arms, Final Fantasy VII and Eight. I love Final Fantasy X, minus Blitz Bowl. Um, trying to think of what else. The original Dragon Warrior on NES. Mm. Woo! Man, that one hits hard. You know, like, that is still, like, I remember my wife's bachelorette party. She went out for the night, and every man that's about to get married is just like, I got a good one. I got nothing to worry about. I'm good. But now you got to spend the whole night by yourself. And if you're good, you got, like, your boys come over and blah, blah, blah. None of my boys wanted to come over that night. I'm like, you guys will suck. I ordered a whole pepperoni pie for myself, and I played Dragon Warrior for, like, eight hours straight. And it was <laughs> nice. just like, you know, and my wife was texting me, I miss you. I'm like, yeah, you're, yeah, I know you miss me. I'm playing Dragon Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's just like, Dragon Warrior is such a good, like, from the music, and then, like, the fight scenes in that game are awful. It's just, like, the character right in front of you. Mm-hmm. But you get, so, again, the suspense of disbelief. So, Final Fantasy Final 7, 8, and 10, super important ones to me. Um, Dragon Warrior, Wild Arms. We can't call Kingdom Hearts an RPG. It's more of, like, an action RPG. But holy shit, do you remember the way you felt at the end of the first Kingdom Hearts? When Simple and Clean hit, you know... Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you walk away, you're like, and you're like, I'm not, I'm not crying. <laughs> I'm crying. Shit. No parasite, no parasite Eve on that list. You know, parasite Eve. Oh, did I ever tell you guys the story of Parasite Eve? No, but that's my, that was my, that was the game that just said, you know what, I can't do RPGs. I'll tell you guys a crazy story if you want to hear it. It's up to you. I won't go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So, one of the lead level designers for Parasite Eve. Um, I'm pretty sure he's from Hawaii, um, did not speak any Japanese. Taught himself Japanese by playing Japanese role-playing games on the Super Nintendo and PlayStation. Um, ends up getting a job at Sony, I, I, I mean at Square, um, and is one of the lead level designers on Parasite Eve. Um, so like the reason why Parasite Eve plays like such a love letter to like all of those classic games um, is because of like that dude, that dude played a huge, huge role in the game. But for me, um, I got the interview with this guy maybe like three days before my wife went into labor with my son. So like, my wife is in the other room, like trying to spit out this kid, and I am sitting down in the chair in the waiting room, writing the Parasite Eve chapter of the Minds Behind PlayStation games, with my RG three hundred and fifty on my po- on my leg, running Parasite Eve. So it's just like whenever somebody says Parasite Eve, I'm like, that, like, I just, it just hits home for me because, like, my wife is getting ready to give birth to my son, and I'm playing Parasite Eve and writing the chapter on my phone at the same time. So that is such a freaking good game. And, like, the second, not a bad game either. It just, they didn't, 
it, it, they expected it to sell like close to a million copies, and um, it didn't. And uh, I'm pretty sure it sold like 750,000 copies, which is nothing to like be ashamed of. Like, oh right. my god, you know. But um, they were expecting it to be like a million seller, and sure. then they didn't invest in two. And I'm pretty sure there's another. Um, there's a third one on PSP. Really? Um, yeah. Um, I forgot what it's called, but yeah, that's such an underrated series. Combat in Parasite Eve is so much fun. Like, a gun in a turn-based RPG, oh my god, so mm-hmm. freaking cool. I feel and like that's team, one that deserves that a remake. Dog. I would, mm-hmm. I would so, actually get it if it was a remake and try it and just kind of, like, get my redemption. Hmm. Yep. Uh, do, you, do you remember that cutscene with the dog? I do not. Oh, it's been it's been a while since I've that's seen that. That's twenty. Movie. Yeah, that's about twenty something. Years. Yeah. Just Google next time you get a chance. Google Parasite Eve cutscene dog, and it's like it's it's like a pit bull turning into like a zombified like pit bull, and like considering the time period, like 1997, 1998, it's like some of the most beautiful cutscene work. You, you it still it still works today. It's still like doable. Like if you saw it on a on an indie game, you'd be like, yo, this is a badass shit right here. So yeah, Parasite Eve. Okay, I'm gonna oh. do that. Nice. Yeah, but those would be like those would be like my five. Nice. So, yeah. I end up buying one. I end up buying recently one of those uh, one of those like emulator sticks that come with the joysticks, and there's there was like so many games that I completely forgot about. Like even like the arcade, like because I have Vic play it last week. Yeah. What was it? Cadillacs and dinosaurs? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Yep. Those things are great. I love breaking those things, like um, just seeing like what you can put on them. And like I said, my RG three fifty one V, it looks like um, it looks like a Game Boy Color, and I've got twenty thousand games on it. Mm. You know, like I have that Sega SG one hundred on it. I have the Vectrix on it. I have a Virtual Boy on it. Like I can play Virtual Boy games in the palm of my hand on those things. And like the ROMs, I mean, ROMs are so easy to get a hold of now. And the thing is, like, listen. Um, if I if I wasn't somebody that owned 4,000 games, um, physical games, and I probably have about 2,000 downloadable games, um, and I was just talking about download ROMs, that would suck. But like I'm yeah. one of those people. I buy physical media. I support developers and stuff like that. But it's just like some games you cannot get. Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, perfect example. You're gonna spend $2,000 on an arcade cabinet, or you're just gonna download the ROM. You know, like for me, it's just like. It just makes sense to download the ROM in that situation, you know. Yeah. Those guys aren't getting residuals on on the arcade cabinet thirty five years from from now, you know. But um, I mean, if you get like a hacked, if you get like a pirated version of like you know a, a new Switch game, I'm totally against that. You know, yeah. like that, I don't want anybody to do. Like if I find out you're you're playing a pirated version of WrestleQuest, I'm coming to your house, mm-hmm. you know. But um, understandable. So anyway. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Nah, I think that should be it. Cause... Oh, yeah. Gotta get gotta get home to... Gotta get home to Jasmine. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. But, Patrick, thank you so much. Tell the good people where they can find you. Yeah. Uh, so, if you guys just Google me, Patrick Hickey Jr., pretty much all of my stuff comes up. Um, you go on Instagram, Patrick Hickey Jr., I update my Instagram like a ton of times during the day. It's like stream of consciousness, game covers, comic book stuff, like um, 
Also, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Patrick Hickey Jr. If, you, if you're into comics, legacycomics.com, C-O-M-I-X. We have a ton of great stuff coming for Halloween. Four horror um, comics coming for Halloween. Crazy, crazy, scary stuff. I'm super proud of that stuff. Uh, we've got some digital exclu- exclusives, some physical exclusives. Like I said, I'm working on, like, four other games. So, like, if you like my stuff, we've got a ton of cool stuff coming out. So, don't be scared to hit me up if you guys are listening. Like, I'm super communica- uh, communicative. I love speaking to people, unless you're, like, a creeper, then stay away from me. But everyone else, I love speaking to people, talking video games, talking comics, talking pop culture and stuff like that. So, yeah, look forward to meeting everybody. Right. Yeah, we gotta have yeah, we gotta have you back on. We do we got a lot of good we got some tournaments coming up, so we're gonna definitely need your input and more yeah. stories because I know you got a cut like I said, I'm sure you got another Minds Behind the Game series cut um but working, you know, coming out. So Oh yeah, oh yeah. I can't wait to announce like uh, I've been thinking I've been thinking a lot lately about what the next one's gonna be. It's just the thing is like I released seven books in like four and a half years. You know, so it's yeah. just like these all these books are like 200, 225, 250 pages. And it's like every day, every day, like no cap. Um, people are like, oh, I read the first book. It's great. Do you have another one? And I'm like, yeah, there's six other ones. And they're like, oh, OK. So it's just like I feel like the market hasn't caught up to how, like how much I've actually released. Right. You know, so it's just like still to this day. I mean, I, I feel like my best book is the PS1 book. Like to me, that's the best book that I've done. Okay. And that's number six. And but like my best selling book still is the first one. People still like that's the one that like Amazon like loves the most, and that's the one that like I, my publisher ships to want the most out. And I'm just like, I just need to find a way to get more people to know that like yeah, there's a Sega, there's a Genesis book, there's a PlayStation book out, there's a PlayStation Two book, there's a sports game book out, there's a shooter book. So it's just like I'm not in a rush to do another Minds Behind the Games book until like I really feel like something connects with me, and I feel like something has. Um, but it's like, I'm going to take my time on it because again, too, I'm having so much fun doing the comic book stuff. Like my entire life, I wanted to like write comics and I get to, I mean, I have 12 artists all over the world that I speak to every day. So like, we're having like so much fun doing this stuff and growing and like, I'm going to be announcing some stuff over the next couple of weeks. Like we have like some, uh, partnerships that we're going to be announcing with legacy. Like it's going to be some pretty crazy stuff. Like people are going to be like, Pat, how the hell do you do it? And it's just like, it's an everyday thing. So like, I'm super excited for the things that we're going to announce over the next like couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of stuff. Can't stop. Won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah. Um, oh man. I know, I know we could, we could easily continue this conversation for another hour, but you know, you know, it, it is, it's it is all really good. <laughs> you got, like yeah. I said, I want to, I want to watch dynamite. I want to spend some time with the old lady yeah. and, uh, I want to get at least four hours of sleep tonight. So I, I completely, thank you guys for having me on. Oh, thank Always you for coming on. Absolutely. That's, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, we will definitely have you back. So yeah. Uh, I'm sorry about like, uh, the, the delay last time. I know I was supposed to be on like two weeks ago, so I'm just happy that, uh, Happy that I was able to still. Yeah, as long, no, as long as we got you on, that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, man. Guys, thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. No all problem, right. man. Talk yeah. to you guys soon. All right, definitely. All right, yeah, have a good one. All Take right. care. Yeah. And. Um, all right, yeah. Uh, that about wraps up this week's episode of the Coders Frame Podcast. And as always, I'll be able to catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.